Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. We're going to be talking a little bit about what we can do, how we respond to these challenges. Yeah, so for uh, the second half of the, the show, we'll zero in a bit and talk personally about how to navigate these energies. And um, it's fair to say that when we regress to older value sets, we are essentially dumbed down. So these, you know, the, the trajectory of uh, evolutionary change is all about increasing complexity and increasing our capacity to cope with that extra complexity and when we go backwards during this time of the the slingshot effect we are dumbing our own processes down because we're moving back to simpler values that are based on quite rigid Mm. concepts and uh, very commonly at the moment that in practice means moving from a sort of scientific industrial approach and value set which is quite flexible and experimental it looks for different options and chooses the best option so it can be quite a sophisticated way of operating and the regression backwards from that is to the rigid authoritarian value set where there are very strict guidelines to be followed and really no choices you either follow the guidelines that are laid down by the higher authority or there's trouble there's some sort of um, consequence that probably isn't nice and we can see that rigid authoritarianism emerging now in in global affairs and in politics Uh, and uh, I think the the trade war between the US and China is a really good example at the moment we can see how that's going backwards Um, it's you know it's very interesting and it's also a sign of the complex nature of the of the issues that are motivating the two countries you know it's not it's as simple as it seems on the surface for sure i mean ultimately this is a struggle for global dominance yeah. between the united states it's about states. power it's not about money so much yeah yeah same thing really but yes yeah i mean what's uh, what we can be thankful about is that it hasn't erupted into open conflict and uh, and let's hope that that it doesn't do that uh, however the regression towards more rigid authoritarianism mm-hmm. uh, does increase the risk of, of conflict. Um, but when when we shut down and when we become rigid in our demands and when we're not flexible enough to shift and change to find a compromise, um, that is really, really building tension for change very, very significantly. And it's it's just a matter with all of these things, whether they be personal challenges or global challenges at the moment, of how far the elastic band on that slingshot needs to be pulled back in order to get a decent uh, trajectory yeah. <laughs> once it's once we reach the tipping point. Mm. Um, and, of course, there there is in, in many cases, and it, it, again, it depends on your starting point in the change process. So we, we need to talk in generalizations on this show because we're mm. talking about the whole world. I mean, the whole world's yeah. not all the same. Nothing you know, small. Different circumstances, but uh, you've, you've got to start yeah. somewhere to, to have a discussion about it. But it's also true that many countries 
haven't really progressed to living in a modern scientific industrial way, you know, and are still locked into fairly rigid authoritarian kind of regimes. And even some countries are, are uh, still in martially oriented regimes, yes. which is like layer three yep. on, on Graves' scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one of these different circumstances will be having its own regression process. So if a, if a country has been author- an authoritarian country, uh, you know, routinely over the last few decades, then we can expect it to be regressing to a, a martial power-oriented approach, you know, which can often result in raw violence. Which is exactly what I guess everybody is fearful of in, in Hong Kong, that the Chinese, and they're already starting to fire um, live ammunition into the air as warning shots, they're using water cannons in the last uh, series of demonstrations there. So we're seeing sort of that, ex- that militant um, response arising further in China, which I guess is what you're saying is it's grown, uh, China itself being an authoritarian state, which has moved very fast into into the postmodern state, you could say, in terms of its economics and its uh, the way that's sort of entered the world marketplace uh, as a as a big player, very big player, but it's still back in that previous authoritarian regime largely, and therefore also likely to use militant power, as we saw in Tiananmen Square all those years ago, to repress anything that doesn't fit that. Yeah, it, it's quite a mixed bag. Uh, mm. you know, it, it's hard to sort of put a, a single label on China's system. I mean, the, the old Communist Party system is quite an authoritarian layer four kind of approach where the, the it's a communal uh, ruling system. Uh, so it, typically in the individually oriented value sets, you'll have a single ruler who, who can be like a tyrant or a president or uh, a tyrannical president. (laughs) Um, And typically in the communal systems, you'll have a a ruling party or a ruling family. And if you think back to the agricultural era when in the time of sort of royal families, you know, it it was a group. It's a communal Mm. uh, ruling party. And the slingshot will get pulled back as far as it needs to go. So, you know, there's nothing limiting. Like even though the United States has been a modern scientific industrial dominated uh, country, there's nothing saying that its slingshot won't get pulled back to that raw, violent layer three approach mm. if sufficient tension is required mm. you know, for the change to occur. Well, I guess we saw that in the early 2000s after 9-11, essentially, didn't we? We saw that we did. retrogression back to that uh, very we, knee-jerk military, militaristic reaction to... We did. And you know, the use of raw violence is not uncommon on mm. a global scale. And, and that really is a measure of our evolution as a species is uh, you know how willing are we to kill each other to try and solve our problems and um, it's it's interesting just to reflect for those of us who you know have the the uh, benefit of, of living in um, first world countries you know that, that are firmly entrenched in that sort of modern scientific industrial set of life conditions um, it's interesting just to reflect on the global situation where it's not uncommon for countries to still be using raw violence and uh, you know warfare, killing each other to solve their problems, and and just think about your own neighbourhood where you live. And when was the last time that two of your neighbours, you know, had to, one of them had to kill the other one to resolve a problem? And it's it's just not normal. In, no, it's not normal. Yeah, it does still happen here, of course. I'm not saying these things don't happen. No, but, but they are isolated not and not normal. They're not they're outside of the parameters of society for sure. It's not common, and you know we are evolving. 
uh, to the point mm. where at a global scale it won't won't be common anymore for uh, you know that kind of warfare to occur and that's one of the things that we need to be thankful of and um, I can say that confidently because of the the map that we have of the evolution of human values and all of these indicators that we're seeing as the patterns play out which gives a, give us uh, little milestones to show that okay we are actually in an evolutionary progression here and despite the thing the fact that things do look really bad if you have a map and an understanding of these change patterns then you know it's it's much easier to be optimistic about the future well, yeah. It's also good to know where you are. I remember a teacher back in the past saying, you know, it's all very well to have a map, but you do need to know where you are because you can say, I want to get to that place on the map, but if you don't know where you're leaving from, then you can't get there. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. And and once again, you know, this is uh, where the value of these kinds of developmental psychology models come mm. uh, comes in uh, so we can understand uh, and get a sense of where we're at personally, where our society is at, and therefore understand if we regress what that looks like mm. and also if we progress what that's going to look like as well and then we can choose what we put our energy into do we put our energy into forcing a regression or we do do we put our energy into building what's coming next um, this text might be appropriate at this time thanks to sandy she says i really think we've already started practicing to change the codes for example gratitude for everything if we practice gratitude we are present our heart can embrace empathy and humility we can practice letting go of engaging fear of the future or anger for the past. Quite exciting. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and that uh, depth of compassion is absolutely a characteristic of the emerging value set, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Very good. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate and spiral up. Yeah, indeed. Join us Friday. It's going to be the theme is going to be basically positive vibrations. Everything positive. Everything, because yeah, it's not, but it is. Like, let's focus on the positive. Let's focus on what we can do. How we can build resilience. How we can build community. How we can work together to uh, to change the world. Because things are getting tense as we're talking about. Things are not going to get easier soon, and we need to find ways to uh, to be resilient and to build uh, our collective strength together in this new time. That's right. And if you're committed to supporting change and you can see the direction that we're headed in, which is towards a, a new emerging communally oriented way of living, then there's no need to actually regress. There's no need to allow yourself to get pulled backwards into these more rigid ways of thinking and being. Uh, it's important to allow other people to, to do that because if they're doing it, then obviously they need to do it, right? And the reason they need to do it is so that they can experience the reality that those older, more rigid approaches don't work even even more so than uh, the modern scientific industrial ways. That's probably a hard thing for some people to hear, sorry to interrupt, but it probably is a hard thing for some people to hear. It, it is, yeah. I'm sure. I have no doubt yeah. about that. But uh, we need to understand that uh, in terms of these change dynamics, you know, we're not all starting from the same place. Some people are, you know, I, I often talk about the progression of humanity through the evolutionary process as being like a conga line and some people are up the front of the conga line and some people are in the middle and some people are down the back and so everyone's starting from a different place in this dance and, um, and like it you know people will do what they need to do and and they'll either be unconsciously pulled backwards in this regressive search or uh, if you're listening to this show, it's quite possible that you are one of the pathfinders and you have a very key role to play in modelling the new values early so that other people can see how you live and can see that what you're doing works. And that's really the key, isn't it? Yeah. How we live 
and what works yes absolutely. and be seen in that and to give that without uh, proselytizing without trying to sell anything without trying to change anything or trying make someone do something that you think is the right thing absolutely be who you are be the change you want to see in the world as they say yeah and inevitably that in itself will also lead to some polarization and we we need to just accept that during this time of change we're going to get little bubbles of the new emergent values cropping up and you know we're we're certainly living in one of those right here in byron shire mm. uh, and that's to be expected and we need to to plan for that and manage it as best we can uh, and use these little bubbles, you know, not as places of opposition, um, not as places of conflict or that, that might generate conflict, but as places that can model new ways and uh, develop new answers to the problems that we're facing. Uh, and um, what our, our immediate task uh, over the next few years is to build resilient, sustainable communities that can thrive while our centralised control, control mm. structures continue to collapse, and they are collapsing. Mm. And um, you know, we're going to see over the next 10 years in particular some serious collapse of our old structures, yeah. even possibly to the point of the collapse of entire nation states. Yeah. Uh, and we're certainly um, getting very early signs of economic collapse. Um, but at the same time, as these things are happening, parts of the new world are emerging and we're seeing new technologies like uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency for example is, is a very good example of uh, technology that's come from these new and more complex ways of thinking that will uh, resolve the problems of our current centralized systems mm. and are not necessarily in direct conflict no. with them you know um, yeah and as uh, Richard Buckminster Fuller, Mr. Buckminster Fuller, famously Bucky, said, yeah, Bucky Fuller. Be better known as Bucky Fuller, mm. famously said, "You never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete." Yep. And that's possible in many cases. You know, there are some conditions that make that kind of approach difficult, particularly if, for example, you're living in an authoritarian country. Uh, where it's very difficult to build a new system because anything that crops up that looks different is going to be stomped on real quick. An attempt to stomp it down. Mm. So, you know, this is not a, a magic pill as such. But if possible, if you can build a new system that simply works better, then basic things like market forces will drive the change and, and you know, there, there's no need for direct conflict. Uh, and, um, Mm. That's the kind of thing that we need to be doing, we need to be focusing on. I like to, to use a metaphor that many people here will, will uh, certainly relate to. I can see that uh, that collapse of the old paradigm, if we just let it be, even though there are other circumstances involved here, is it becomes like compost for the new, in a way. I think that's a good way of looking at it. And instead of trying to get rid of it, shovel it out into some other paddock somewhere, let it do its thing, let it play itself out, let it decay and fall apart and... You know, go to ground, so to speak, and become compost for the new as those new shoots are starting to arise through through that. Yeah, and that's all part of understanding natural patterns. And, yeah. and these patterns are everywhere. It doesn't matter you know, what you look at, you're going to find these natural patterns of change playing out. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. <sighs> what I might mention is uh, coming from a, a Taoist martial arts background, and in fact... Um, with a military background, I've also been studying Western martial arts for many years. So it's, it's been a central theme in my life for a long time. Yeah. Um, and Taoism being a two and a half thousand year old, 
quite sophisticated indigenous study of nature and natural process of change uh, with roots in shamanism and alchemy. Uh, it's got a lot to offer in helping us with the kind of pattern recognition that we, that we need to, to yes. grasp hold of, you know, to navigate these times of change more effectively. Um, and in, a, in a, the Taoist philosophy, the high, highest expression of martial art is to avoid conflict entirely, to actually use your skill to see the signs of polarization occurring and skillfully work with those opposing energies to alchemize them into a new harmony. And going back to that Tai Chi symbol of the the yin and the yang uh, dynamic, you know, as each of those two energies plays itself out, when it reaches a peak, it gives birth to the other. And so if you understand that, when you see one energy emerging, then you can predict and know that as this reaches its pinnacle, it's actually going to give birth to the opposite. And so through patience and you know, careful application of energy, then you can nurture whatever it is and allow it to blossom into something that might be its opposite. Mm. And it does require patience because it's not going to happen overnight, although it's happening much faster than we think of these changes. And that's part of the reason why we can feel overwhelmed at times and confused by the amount of information, the amount of complexity that's in our reality. That's true. And and like everything, you know, change starts at home. So if we focus on our own personal change journey and we nurture our own energies to give birth to Mm. peace within, then we're in a much better place to take that out into to, to the wider world mm. and to model these new values which are entirely peacefully oriented really the, you know the emerging communal values that we're talking about are it's true to say the most peaceful expression of human being that we've seen so far yeah that, that's very very clear um, and it, interestingly it's it's this whole idea of conflict uh, is, is such an interesting discussion when we start to look at the emerging value sets because what we are seeing though is that whereas the previous uh, layers and paradigms throughout human history have been riddled with conflict in various ways and they've moved from open raw conflict in the third layer you know, through to sort of structured, dutiful, purposeful conflict in the fourth agricultural authoritarian the crusades and the like. To, to conflict as a business model and a way of, you know, yeah. using people who are inclined to engage in conflict to make money mm. uh, in the modern scientific industrial era. We're now moving away from the urge to want to harm another human being entirely. However, what what we are moving to and this is a, a again a transient aspect which we'll move beyond but it is uh, more likely that people who are in this emerging value set will harm themselves and uh, we're seeing this you know uh, unfold in uh, through depression and those sorts of things that often people are taken to a place of wanting to harm themselves very high suicide rates a lot of uh, drug drug addiction alcohol and other legal drugs and and um, mostly legal drugs in fact yeah, yeah and it's kind of you know if i mean from a from a, a relatively enlightened perspective we can look back in history and see that through all the harm that we've done to other people on the planet through conflict uh, and abuse that essentially we've been harming ourselves because ultimately we are all one part of this one consciousness and it's simply that we don't recognize it you know in the past and in less or lower states of awareness we don't recognize that another person is actually us 
and therefore in harming another person, we're harming ourselves. And we're slowly coming home to that. And part of that journey home is the letting go of wanting to harm another person, but haven't, we haven't quite let go of, of uh, the um, tendency to harm ourselves in, in layer six in this relativistic mm. postmodern era. So, you know, that, that's, a, I guess, a final step of healing uh, that needs to take place and that we need to, to encourage and nurture as layer six lays the foundation for the momentous leap. And that's its primary mm. uh, role in the big scheme of things is in layer six, we are obviously very, very drawn to healing ourselves and, and often to healing ourselves in a community setting because it is a community value set. And part of that is healing that within us, which which might draw us to want to cause harm in any way. Mm. Yes, because it is in any way. I mean, we're not talking necessarily about, as I mentioned, suicide and physical harm, but that too is there. Yeah. But the emotional self-harm that comes from dropping and falling into those old patterns of oneself, whatever they may be, into your wounds. It's not that if they naturally arise, if you're seeking to heal these wounds one way or the other, if you're finding modalities to do that, that's a good thing. Um, but in generally speaking, we, we have a tendency at this time, certainly I can feel it in my own life, to drop back into those earlier emotional reactions to and responses to things we don't like, things that are troubling us, things that trigger us. All these things are good and necessary to flush out but to get lost in that space is, uh, again, just a, a way of self-harming. It is. And if we're talking about navigating this massive, massive change process as effectively as we can and as smoothly as we can, then we want to use our energy very carefully. And mm. it's a fine line between, um, you know, for example, protesting, standing up for what we value and making that known and just tipping over into unhealthy moralizing and judgment and wasting our energy on criticizing uh, perhaps people who are just in a different place in the cha- in their own change journey, you know. Whereas that energy could be spent much more effectively, actually, actually building the new world, yeah. you know, and yeah. putting ourselves in a, as best place as we can to contribute to to building what's next. Yeah. And uh, it seems to be a, a trend, I think, arising here. Clearly, this is a bubble. Clearly, this is a, a bit of a cutting edge locality. This region for this new emerging system that we're talking about here the green layer of of, of um, the green paradigm um, and um, we have to be sort of extremely vigilant in in uh, approaching this because of these these dangers of dropping into judgment dropping into making the other wrong dropping into excessive uh, uh, confusion or overwhelm in the self and uh, responding to that either as we're talking about by uh, various forms of addictions perhaps of self-harm or just emotionally beating yourself up one way or the other not being enough that's right and it's you know i I don't want to over over push this because obviously depending on your life conditions we can get into places where we're not capable of consciously you know dealing with the the challenges that we face and and uh you know we need to be compassionate towards people who find themselves in those places and provide what support we can and healing we can Mm. but from a from a, a martial arts perspective, particularly a Taoist martial arts perspective, the, the idea is to let energy do what it wants to do. And so um, to, to physically oppose force is a waste of energy. 
And the idea is to just be agile and move and allow the energy to go where it wants to go and just make sure it doesn't impact you, of course, uh, and let it expend itself. And this is what we need to do with the old paradigm. We need to, as best we can, allow that old paradigm to expend its energy and step out of the way as best we can. And as its energy uh, is expended, then it will become less and less impactful and that's when we can step in and, and have our own pa- mm. impact by you know, building new structures, building new systems mm. that make the old systems obsolete. Mm. That's very good. And referring to Hong Kong again, of course, is a very good example, I guess, of exactly one aspect of this, one way of looking at this is what's going on there. Absolutely. You know, and, it, and it's a fine line. I mean, the, the mm. mass protests, as we saw with, with Gandhi in India, mm. yep. you know, they can be extremely effective, but it's also a fine line, uh, you know, between that and tipping over into violence and tipping on, over into things that are wasting energy and being destructive. Mm. So um, it, it does require leadership. And one of the, the tendencies of this emerging paradigm is to pull down hierarchies. And if we're going to pull down hierarchies, we need to work with a dynamic leadership because where there's no leadership, and I, I think you showed me an article this morning, yeah. Nick, where somebody was, uh, was sort of trumpeting the idea of leaderless uh, revolution. Um, if there's no leadership, then it creates a vacuum and someone will step into that vacuum. And uh, too many times we see in, in chaotic situations like this during times of change, somebody with ill intent stepping into a leadership vacuum and then things going terribly, terribly mm. uh, awry. And that's not what we need. So what we need to do is um, certainly not replicate the old uh, dominant hierarchies that we've had in the old system, but we need to learn to share leadership, to be dynamic with leadership and to allow those who have the skills to operate in these new ways to step up at the right time and provide guidance. Yeah, and to, if, not, to not even be afraid of leadership when no, you're talking about it. It's almost like a fear of exactly. leadership that can arise. Yes, yeah, and, yeah. That's, and that's natural because we've come from a time where leadership has turned into a horribly dominant yeah. thing that you know has, has benefited, one, benefited 1% of the population and uh, to the detriment of the 99%, and we don't want to replicate that. But we also don't want to create a leadership vacuum where we've got large groups wandering aimlessly without any uh, constructive uh, action going on. And we don't want to create a vacuum where people with ill intent can step in because that's when we see things like Hitler recurring. We don't want that. You're resonating right now on Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. It's 10.42 here on Future Sense on Bay FM 99.9. Thanks for all of your texts. Thanks for a couple of texts that came in on my private text line. How'd you get that number about uh, the music we were playing? And uh, thank you for the uh, the other texts on the text line here. A couple of things here. Uh, beautiful, exciting, good news show again, brothers Steve and Nick. When understanding and proactive care supersedes demonization and passive uncare, then we will be evolving. Passively stepping out of responsibility is not evolvement. Uh, someone else has said, whilst I see the value to the cult of gratitude, we were mentioning gratitude just before one of the listeners did, I feel that it may be a plot by the elite to make us happy with our lot. We should never stop fighting for what is right. A couple of other texts along those lines about fighting um, some of the bigger battles that are out there that we that are perceived anyways to be out there. Yeah, it really comes down to what's naturally next for you as an individual or for the society or country or whatever group that you're talking about and no two situations are the same i think we gave an example before or i did of of gandhi's peaceful protests you know which eventually led to the independence of of india Mm. um, from the british commonwealth and uh, what's happening in hong kong 
with China is not exactly the same. And certainly what's happening between Israel and Palestine is, is a much, much more complex, uh, difficult mm. and different situation. And so the same solutions are not going to apply a- across the board. And this is part of the dumbing down of our values at the moment is, to, is the falling back to what are essentially inadequate, less complex and overly simple solutions like we should just fight for this. And those things just don't cut it anymore. Um, you know, they are, they're, they're not bad or unnatural. They are a natural dynamic during this change process that depending on where you're coming from and your situation and how you feel, you will regress to a certain level of values, which is normal. And it's going to create the suitable tension for your own progression forward. And, mm. and the same thing applies at, at scale, of course. Mm. Um, what... What we have now at this time in history is the opportunity to actually consciously uh, craft solutions for some of these challenging and very, very complex situations that we're facing without being torn uh, by our own emotional urges and instincts. And, you know, when we feel like we just want to fight, then what that says is that we have regressed to a pre-rational way of being human. And when you're in a pre-rational way of being human, you are beyond logic and you can't consider the facts and you can't make a plan, a logical plan. Okay, You just react and often that leads to violence. Uh, and if you, are, if you are regressing from the scientific industrial uh, modern kind of value set to the authoritarian value set, even though it's a rigid a rigidification of your approach, you're still operating from the rational mind. Okay, so mm. logic still has some sway, mm. you know, and which means that you can approach uh, the the problems differently. And um, the the only the only road to being able to apply these quite complex and highly considered and sophisticated solutions is really uh, to cross the river into second year consciousness where we're no longer stuck in our rational mind, where we're no longer stuck in our pre-rational emotions and instincts, and we have access to uh, see and understand the different value sets that are at play in each of these situations and craft solutions that are going to feed the natural evolution of the individual or the group that we're dealing with. And that's really what, what we need to get to. Yes is the only word I can say to that. And we hope you do too, folks. Although if it's not your reality, that's also absolutely fine is what we're saying. We're certainly not telling people how they should be. No. And, you know, in, in this in this approach that we're talking about, mm-hmm. there is no bad way. There is no wrong way to be. It's simply a, a matter of where you're at and what works, mm-hmm. what works for you or what works for the social group that we're talking about. And in the end, all parts are equally valuable in their expression and in their evolution as they move forward. Exactly. And, it, you know, there is an important role for, I, I think many of the people who listen to our show are pathfinders and they're attracted to what we're talking about because mm. they see that, okay, this is actually the way that we're headed. And it's a really important time for people who feel that they do understand how we're moving to uh, a different value set and that the, the most immediate destination is to rebuild community and to build resilient communities that can thrive and continue to build a new world in the face of the collapse of our old system. Yeah. 
And we're ideally situated in this region, one of the few places in the world, arguably, that we are so fortunate to have the um, the freedom, the environment, uh, still a relatively um, hospitable climate. We can grow everything here. We have a strong community base anyway for a long time. We really have everything here, but we do need to be, be concerted about it. We do need to start to focus. We do need to start to take action and to actually, as you're saying, to build to build things, not just to complain yeah. about or to talk about stuff, but yeah. actually to do something. And in the face of the polarisation, that's, that's growing. And uh, to talk briefly about uh, the revolution dynamic, I mean, in the true sense of the word, a revolution is explosive and, and it destroys boundaries, barriers, and uh, obviously might have collateral damage as well. Mm. And that revolution dynamic is typical of an unconscious response to change where you get the slingshot effect happening, the tension builds and builds and builds, and the only way that people can see to get out of the tension is to actually revolt. Uh, And of course, there are many, many... um, situations where that's occurred in history a conscious approach in that same situation is with a deep understanding of the change dynamics and to be able to map the direction that the energy wants to go then you can make small conscious steps in the direction of wholeness and the same degree of change can occur uh, without the the sudden explosive factor occurring and that's Mm. really what we you know ultimately ought to be aiming for now is to bring about these changes in the gentlest smoothest uh, least turbulent way that we can uh, and you know in the process of making the change um, cause little or no damage to uh, you know to the people involved indeed uh, thanks for all the text flooding in well, I won't be able to address them all we're nearly out of time anyway but um, text here are the people up there so evolved uh, a whole town losing their shit over a metallic sculpture on a roundabout question mark and it's a it's a good point and i I actually totally agree with you about that one (laughs) yeah as as we said we make a lot of generalizations on the show and we can tell you for a fact that no we're not all that evolved up here at all (laughs) (laughs) thanks to dudley for uh, talking about our mentor crafting and hail to understanding 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 where community actively cares Mm. yes indeed cool okay well, I guess you know, let's let's wrap up with a couple of examples from current affairs of um, where people are building the new world, you know, with minimal fuss and and not in a way that's necessarily uh, damaging or with as little mm. damage as possible to existing structures. And I, I think some of the stuff that Elon Musk is doing with uh, Tesla and the release of electric vehicles and and also SpaceX uh, and space uh, travel in general, you know, are good examples. I mean, there's no doubt that these things impact existing industries um, and perhaps it would be better if we could more consciously manage the impact on the existing industries. I mean, the introduction of electric vehicles is obviously gonna impact um, the the mainstream uh, motor vehicle industry uh, without a doubt. And, you know, if, if we had the capacity, if we had the structures in place and the consciousness to do it, then we ought to take those things into account rather than just uh, you know, letting the electric vehicles loosen and uh, not having any any impact or control, you know, of uh, people that might lose their jobs or factories that might close down mm. as a result. I mean, ultimately, that's what we want a government to be able to do, some sort of governing structure. 
and when I when I say government or governing structure, I'm not talking about the governments that we have no. right now. I think that our process of government needs to change, and mm. the consciousness that we express in the in the action of government needs to, to evolve. But ideally, we would anticipate these things. We would realise that okay, if we do this, then that's going to happen. Therefore, let's take action to minimise you know any damage any inconvenience that might occur from the changes and this is all part of having a deeper understanding of change dynamics understanding the patterns of change understanding the consequences uh, that we we might um, make you know or, or uh, generate when we bring changes into society yeah. and and that is the future you know that's that's the future of humanity is to be more conscious about those things mm. um, another example I, I mentioned earlier was um, in the economic arena uh, blockchain technology and cryptocurrency uh, which really was designed quite consciously to try and avoid the corruption and um, unbalanced nature of our old economic system where a small number of people tend to collect most of the money. Um, and these things, I think, are quite well thought out. Again, you know, we, we don't have an overarching system of managing the change it's they're just being released into society and it's it's kind of like you know letting some wild animals run loose and yeah. wait to see what happens and of course there's been a lot of pushback which as you're saying as we're seeing here today is a natural it's a natural thing something new has come online something new that can transform that can decentralize uh, that particular economic system in the in the world it is new it's early days there's lots of development to to come about and we're seeing reaction against it and trying to shut it down in various places or to manage it or to regulate it or to control it. And this is all part of the natural process too, isn't it? Well, it is part of the natural process of pushback that we're going to get from the old paradigm, the old systems that, that you know, want to stay as they are. They don't, they're resisting change, obviously. We're anywhere where someone or a community of individuals is comfortable and uh, they don't see the reason to change, they're going to obviously resist change. That's mm. just a normal human dynamic. But um, on the other side of the coin, you know, ex an example of what is destructive change that's taking place at the moment is the, the um, conflict, the trade war and, and other aspects of conflict that is happening between China and the USA, which is essentially a struggle for global dominance, mm. uh, where the USA has been the superpower and uh, they see their position weakening. Um, certainly not simply because of China, although they might, they might be inclined to blame China. Uh, for their weakening, but there are many, many reasons why mm -hmm. the USA's power is declining at the moment. And I guess the the central uh, aspect of that is an increase in complexity and the fact that the USA's power structures and social systems have been designed to cope with the complexity of the modern era, and now we're moving beyond that to greater complexity and they aren't able to change quickly enough. And I guess the same could be said on a, a sort of one level down uh, to do with uh, Brexit with the UK and, and Europe and the battle there for really for power too and uh, how that's to be restructured, that movement back of the UK to an isolationist uh, perspective to a degree. Um, so we're seeing a similar kind of pattern there, not the same, but a similar sort of thing running there. Yeah, interesting dynamic there where the European Union itself has been an early experiment in communal values and communal yeah. living, which was a little bit ahead of its time and consequently got pulled back uh, in the same way that we saw that big uh, rise in communal values during the 1960s and, and 70s, yes. you know, through the, the uh, various revolutions, social revolutions that took place there. And they were a little ahead of their time. And so just like a, a wave running up the beach as the tide comes in, you know, it ran backwards again for a while. And, um, and we, we're going to see things 
running backwards for a while yet. Uh, it's it's yeah the the uh, high tide mark. Sorry, the high tide mark for the new paradigm is a little way off yet. Mm. But we are moving forward, folks, and certainly on this show, we're encouraging you to to see it as you can in your own way, in your own life, in your own reality, as best you can. What place are you at, and how can you move towards a uh, a greater part of yourself to recognise your consciousness as being a key part of the evolution of this planet, in fact, at this time. That's a big statement, but I believe that. Absolutely. The better we can understand these patterns of change, how they work, and start to embody that understanding, and then spread the word, teach others, and eventually you know, start to influence our, our various aspects of society that have more uh, power to, to um, influence the change, mm. help them understand these dynamics as well, so we can work with the change dynamic instead of just getting tripped up by it mm. unexpectedly. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.